You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, your host, and in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello, Mr. Bird. Good day, Angie. We are starting a brand new topic today. We're going to be talking about humility. And yes, humility is very important to everything that is part of our Christian life. And we're going to say why in just a few minutes. Tell me the scripture we're going to be diving into today. Today, Angie, we're looking at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, and uh, humility. (laughs) First of all, is that something that is common in our vernacular today? And what does that look like? Is that an archaic Bible word? I don't think so. But I do think that sometimes people... I think that they almost have a negative connotation when it comes to humility. So in some ways it's positive, in other ways it's not positive. In other words, there's humility, but then you'll couple that immediately with false humility. Absolutely. And I think this other piece of it is, Angie, it's viewed as some as a sign of weakness. But as Mm. you understand humility, I think it really opens it up to what it really is. And it's important to God why? It is. It's important to God because God... He embraces humility, and he resists the opposite. So the opposite of humility is pride. Mm, Yes, And it says that God resists the proudful, but he embraces those that are humble. So Paul gives us an exhortation or an encouragement to be humble towards humility. Therefore, if there is any consolation, that word means encouragement, in Christ— If there's any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, and let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And finally, in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, it sounds like you're talking unity. So it does. I'm, I'm curious to find out how unity and humility play a part. I think they're first cousins, to be honest with you, Angie. Okay. <laughs> I really do. I think they go hand in hand. Here's what I want to do. I want to go over uh, to Philippians 4, verse 8 for just a second, because this is related. And he says, finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there be any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Why does that verse relate? Because he says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Why is that piece, that scripture, and Paul's exhorting us to have the mind of Christ, why is that sandwiched on the bottom end of humility? Because without the mind of Christ, we will not be humble, because our flesh is always at war with our spirit. And so because our flesh is always at war with our spirit, he's saying the mind of the spirit are these things. So think on these things, and then you will be able to be humble. You will be able to exhibit humility. And humility is that which brings yourself beneath. But I feel like humility is not something that we do. It's Mm. something that becomes more of our nature. It's more of a result 
of a certain posture before God, don't you think? I think that's a perfect description of it because of this humility is something that you put on. Paul says in another scripture, I believe in Colossians, put on humility. So it's something that we put on like a coat, and we talked about this some time ago, like putting that on. That is something that we put on. We armor ourselves with it. Would it be possible that humility would be armoring ourselves, protecting ourselves? Yeah. But I think that if we did take the posture of we're just going to do humility, Mm. we're not going to feel humility, that's when it comes across as false humility. I agree. And the motives are wrong. I guess it goes back to the motives. It really does, the motives of the heart. And I think it starts with a mindset. First of all, as we're getting trained in anything, Angie, you're in the military, right? And so did they train your mind? Absolutely. They trained your body hard, right? Yeah. But didn't they also train your mind? Oh, absolutely. And I think the the same holds true in Scripture. We see Paul exhorting us to this in many cases. Like, put your mind on these things. Think about these things. Let your mind be washed by water in the Word, right? He's talking about letting the mind of Christ be dominant in us. So in order for us to put on humility, we have to get it in our minds first to allow it to overtake us. And it's kind of like training. It's training in righteousness. I believe that to be trained in humility, you have to be trained in righteousness. Mm. And he's saying, and that's why I read Philippians 4, 8, because he's saying, these are the things I want you to think on. Because if you're focusing on being humble or being a servant, and we'll get into that, but being humble is becoming a servant. It's a synonym. If I'm humble, I'm a servant. If I'm a servant, I'm humble. Mm. In order to serve, I must put myself beneath. Mm, Yeah. But then how does that look? Yeah. How does that look in practicality? Right. Right. It sounds good on paper, but how does it look in practicality? So how that looks in practicality is thinking on these things that are humbling. So if there is something that is praiseworthy, if you're building someone else up, if you're lifting someone else up, if you're encouraging someone else up, you're putting yourself beneath them. In order to push somebody else up, Angie, you got to be below them. Well, yeah, I guess it's the opposite of being self-focused. Right. You're always others-focused. And just like he's describing in verse 3 again, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, see, there it is. It starts Mm. with mind. In lowliness of mind, let us each esteem others better than himself. And then verse four, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Yeah, there we go. Others focused. Exactly. And so we have to do that in our minds first to be able to walk into that. Yeah. And that sometimes I think can be difficult because our society would say, take care of yourself first. And and it's all about you. And you are the only one that can actually do anything with your own life. And there's all this teaching that's not necessarily the way God would teach us. That's true. I think the key focus for us is putting our mind there because the world will always tell us the opposite of the word. Mm. And so the word helps us get our mind on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are holy. The world will never have us pointing our minds to those things. And I love that you call it, it's more of the, the being of servant. Yes. Because I think that when people think they're being humble before somebody else, that they're groveling or they're giving into, or they're, it's kind of a negative picture once again. 
or that they have to lay on the ground and let everybody walk on them. Right. That's and that not is false humility, yes. like you were describing. And that's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about basically just serving yeah. somebody else, putting them before you. Yeah, so let's use the example of a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant. Angie, if they're serving you, do you want them to lay on the ground? No, <laughs> uh, no, I just want them to bring my food. That's it, you're right? <laughs> and so that's service. So that's the difference, right? Humility is not that they have to lay down, but humility is service. And that's what you're saying. The practical side of that or how you walk that out practically is to be about and serving. And so if you're a slave of somebody, you're mm. waiting to serve them. That's the difference right Th there. That is the difference, I believe. Wow. And so Paul is basically exhorting the Philippian church. Am I right? Is yes. He, he's basically saying you're doing this right. Yes. And he's encouraging them to keep doing it right. So what he's saying is let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus's mind made him humble because his mind was focused on things of servant to. And he told his disciples, if you want to be the greatest leader, you have to be the greatest servant. Mm. And so he's saying that is a mindset. So I think that the bottom line is we shouldn't focus on being humble. Right. We should just focus not on ourselves, but actually serving other people. That's right. And we're not talking about being a slave to them. Yeah. We're talking about just putting their needs before our own. And how can we literally serve them before we serve ourselves? Yeah, and in Matthew 7, he's comparing the sheep and the goats, and he's saying, when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was sick, you tended to my needs, right? You helped me, you served me. And those true servants, like they were like, what? What, what are you talking about, Lord? When did we see you mm. hungry? When did we see you in prison? When They just did it because they were servants. Mm. That's humility. That's a perfect picture of humility in a practical sense to me. How can we do a self-check to know whether our intentions mm. are true, That's our a, motivations, actually? That is a great question. And I think it starts, Angie, how do we know if we're being humble? And I think it starts with a self-check, exactly like that. So what are our motives? Or here's the other thing, too. The mind of Christ is we have the mind of Christ together collectively. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, Who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We collectively, we are his body, and collectively we have the mind of Christ. And here's where I'm going to answer your question, Angie. Ask other people. How about reach out to other people? How do they see it? You have people that are discipling you, or even that you're discipling, ask them. Seriously, like, I love that. I love those kind of fellowships and those sort of relationships where I can ask, be honest with me. How do you see this? Like, are you seeing humility in my life, right? Obviously, the first step would be to ask the Lord. Yeah, he's very good at pointing those things out when we ask. Right, absolutely. And I would say that would be numero uno. <laughs> yeah. Let's ask the Lord first, Lord, am I being humble or is it false? And then secondly, ask those around you. Ask your pastor, ask your, your friends, ask those you're in true fellowship with. Hey, are you seeing humility in my life or does it look false to you? And I would encourage you to surround yourself with people who would speak the truth and love to you and prepare your heart for that truth. All right. Well, this is the first of three that we're going to be talking about humility. And I believe that it is something that we should strive for, not 
in our motivations, but just in our character. And so that's what we're digging into today. We have been in Philippians chapter two, verses one through five. We're going to go ahead and take you into our testimony time. Today, I'm super excited to have Kyle Martin, the actual founder of Time to Revive, that the program is actually named after in the first place. Kyle, thank you so much for taking time out and joining us on the call today. Absolutely. What a delight to be with you, Mark. Kyle, today we are diving into a subject that, I'll be honest with you, you are still teaching me about. Uh, I'm still learning this particular subject, and it's about humility. And Kyle, you know, we've been talking a little bit about humility being kind of a churchy word because our culture today doesn't really, they view humility as kind of a weakness, like a word that describes weakness. But yet as we understand humility more and more, we understand that that was Christ. That was his example. Paul taught on it. He exhorted us to be humble. Uh, but what does that look like in a practical sense? And, and I know, Kyle, for us, as people that are followers of Christ, we're wanting to f- take his example, take his lead. And he was probably the most humble person that ever walked the earth. Amen. You know, I think uh, when the body of Christ in America can begin to embrace humility, we, we might actually see a move of God. And uh, for me, you know, I go to John 12. It's a text that's probably not talked about much in regards to humility. But for me, I go there all the time. And I, I want to read one verse if I can. John 12, verse 24, it just says, I assure you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains by itself. But if it dies, it produces a large crop. And I think for me, this is an image of we have to let ourselves go. We have to be willing to die. And in fact, in verse 25, it says the one who loves his life will lose it. And the one who hates his life in the world will keep it for eternal life. And he says, if anybody in verse 26 serves me, he must follow me where I am. There my servant also will be. If anybody serves me, the father will honor him. I think what happens is in, in the American church and ministry we try to seek the honor from other people. And this is just me personally. I, I was modeled humility. My dad showed me what humility looked like. I had a mentor that was in the Christian music business, and uh, he was well-known. And he showed me what humility looked like. I had a mentor that was well-known in the, in the discipleship world and his sphere of influence. And he modeled for me what humility looked like. And every time they showed me it was not about them, it was not about their ministry, it was not about their name, it was truly dying to themselves so that Christ could get the glory and the honor and the fame. And man, I'll tell you, that's a hard component, Mark, to walk out when it feels like you're supposed to be pushing your name. You're supposed to be pushing your church name when it's really the opposite in Scripture. And so the question is, is, am I willing to die today to myself so that Christ can get the honor? Humility is hard, but I think it's essential to revival. Yeah, and of course, Kyle, uh, we're always uh, centrally themed around revival because that's what we're praying for and that's what we're living for. But especially in this context, like what we are taught by the world system, like if you're going out looking for a job, you kind of have to promote yourself, right? You have to like, hey, well, here's all my accomplishments. Here's all my accolades. That's what the world kind of pushes us towards, where this is just the opposite. And and you're saying that we have to learn this through example. 
example. And that really is a picture of discipleship, I think, Kyle, of humility, because the world is definitely not teaching it, and they're modeling just the opposite. So what you're saying is basically that we have to, in the way that we do things opposite of the world, is that we must continue to strive to do more and be a servant, but we don't go after the accolades, which is exactly opposite. I mean, you know, Jesus, it says in Mark 10, 45, he says, I don't come to to be served, I come to serve. And, you know, I think for me, what's so bizarre is, is what, where do you see that in leadership today? And I'm not saying that we can't find it because it is clearly there. But when you study the life of Moses, you know, Moses is the guy, the classic guy who writes, he's the most humble man on the face of the earth, right? And he's the one who wrote it. But I started studying his life, even this last week. And what's so bizarre is, is every time the Israelites would mess up. There's an exception a couple of times that he would get angry and he'd lose it. He would always fall on the face and he would cry out to the Lord. And what would he do? He would humble himself on behalf of the people. He was constantly coming before the Lord on behalf of the people. And I think as a, as a person who humbles themselves, it's not, hey, I'm Moses. Everybody look at me. It's no, let's come to the Lord because he's going to help the situation. And, you know, I had to learn this principle really, really hard. I actually grew up you know, I wanted to be in sports all my life. And so in college, I was pretty determined to actually become a sports agent and then actually own my own professional team, which everybody has their own goals and dreams. But specifically in that industry, it is really you have to make a name for yourself. And so I actually became a sports marketing agent. I was the low guy in the totem pole. So I got to see it all. But the whole industry was, is, okay, if I have an athlete, I'm going to promote him so that he can make more money, so that he can get more advertisements. And everything was about self-promotion, everything. And the scary part was, is as I began to move, I went into another city here in the United States, and it was predominantly a Christian, I don't know how to put this, it was a, a music-based industry, and it was all about promoting themselves as well. And I just thought, man, something doesn't feel right. Like, something doesn't feel right that we're lifting our name up rather than the Lord's name. And so I had to, I had to get stripped down from all of that. I walked away from it. Mm. And it's, it's kind of crazy. Is Mark, you, you know this about Tom Revive. We, we don't really advertise and don't really promote because I was so extreme on the other side that I'm so, I, I have to tell you this, I'm so concerned that I would go back into that way of life, that I'd go back into promoting about who we are and all these things. And man, it is the weirdest tension that I believe Christ models absolutely beautiful that we are to lift his name up and not our name. Kyle, I I can completely agree with what you're saying because in my industry, that's the same thing. When I used to work in secular radio, it was all about you are the local celebrity. You need to do this and you need to do that. And people will look to you and it never felt Mm. comfortable to me, which is why a lot of times I just call them my friends, the Mm. listeners, because that's how I feel. Like you and I, we build mm-hmm. into each other and, and I feel like I'm here to serve them and to, to inspire them and to encourage them. And that's what I want to do for them. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I can completely understand how that would be a weird tension, especially when that's, that's the industry, yet you're fighting the industry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's interesting when you go to the text in First Peter chapter 5, you know, it talks about, it says uh, in, in verse five specifically, and it just says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And then in verse six, I love this text. Uh, he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time. 
So I actually believe in our humility, God will actually use us, lift us up to be used for the glory of God. But he's the one that has to be lifting us up. He's the one that has to be saying, okay, now is the time. And I I have to be honest, you know, as we're in these crazy uncertain times of the coronavirus and COVID-19 and, you know, people are jumping in and Mark, I, I don't know, I haven't gone into much detail about this, but I've gotten texts and emails every day saying, Kyle, when are you going to start speaking into this? When are you going to start, you know, lifting up your voice and releasing certain things? And my simple response is, is when the Lord tells me to. That's great. That's absolutely perfect. And yet, but you feel the pressure, don't we? Oh, of yeah. having to like force ourselves into a situation because we think that's what we're supposed to do, or that will bring us more self-promotion. And and he actually wants us to do the opposite. He wants us to get lower and lower and lower so that he can get the glory. That's the reality of following Jesus. And it, I honestly think that COVID-19, I believe he's stripping the church of things that we've lifted up that are not of him. I believe he's stripping our nation of things as non-believers that we've lifted up that are not of him. And I believe he wants us to go low. And the question is, is will we allow him to take us to that place of humility? You know, Kyle, as I was sitting there listening to you describing Moses, too, I was reminded of David. When you think about all the characters in the Bible, you probably don't really think about David as being humble, but yet he absolutely was. Because if you read Psalm 51, he was very much humbling himself. And why did God say he's a man after my own heart? The same reason that he said, Moses, you're my friend, because they humbled themselves to God. And both Mm -hmm. men did this. And I think if you look at Hebrews 11 and you look at all the, the men of faith, the great men of faith, they were all humble. Every single one of them. If you stop for a minute and examine that through the lens of humility, like one of their greatest strengths were their humility. I mean, I think it's uh, one of the biggest and strongest characteristics of a man of God is when he displays humility. You know, you had talked about people view it as a sign of weakness. You know, I've always tied humility with the word meekness. Mm. I've always gone there with it, and I've always taken this word meekness as, you know, it's this strength under control. Yes. It's this, you know, it's the Superman Clark Kent mentality, you know, Hey, do you know the power of the Holy spirit that's within me? But because of the spirit of God controlling who I am, you know, I I can walk this out when I'm supposed to. And, uh, I love, it's funny to me. I play a game in my head all the time when I'm in environments and it's kind of a weird game, but I, the the Lord's given me the gift of discernment. And I love walking into rooms and asking the Lord, who are the, who are the humble individuals that I can talk to? Hmm. Because to me, those are the ones that are going to be receptive to the truth and receptive to the gospel. It's when there is a humble heart and the pride has been stripped down. That's when I think we're going to start seeing a move of God is when this pride is just literally removed from us. But man, we got to have people that model it. And Mark, you do that well. You do that well in Ohio. Your team does that well in Ohio. And I think it it carries over to people watching you, and then they begin to do that as well. Yeah, and so, you know, again, for accolades, but thanks for modeling that, Kyle. Once again, we're completely out of time already. It just flies. I want to wrap this up for this particular segment, but Lord... I just want to thank you uh, for humility, for the opportunity to look like you, 
because that is what we all desire, Lord, is to just look like you and to be like you. And God, you took upon yourself the form of a servant, the ultimate humility, Lord, and you walked it out and you gave us all the freedom to be able to be humble going forward and to be servants of one another in your name. And Lord, we just pray this to honor and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks for joining us for Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.